640 Toronto presents Think Tank, the breaking stories you care about. Please, tell me. Okay, I'll tell you. The backstories you don't know yet. That's my question! Facts and opinions that get you through your day. You never know what you're going to get. And now let's meet the guests. Let's do just that. Toronto today, 10 degrees current temperature, already double digits for mid-October this early at 734. Absolutely. We approve. Uh, Selena Cesar Chavan is an author and former MP in Whitby and one of our favorites, and she joins us right now. Thank you for making the time. I hope you had a great weekend. Good morning, Greg. I did. I was in Vancouver. It was wonderful. And you're back. You're, you're on the show with some jet lag and, and you've been out in beautiful B.C. How do you do Only- it? Only for you and your listeners, Greg. Well, you you could have ignored the listeners. Only for me sounds great. That's amazing. Uh, Ben uh, Mulroney is broadcaster, and you were on uh, Toronto this weekend. I was. You you double-dutied it. You're getting up early in the morning. I know how to make the coffee here now. Yes, well, that's that's a big step yeah. from four weeks when you first came in here. And I'm really Think Tank. making myself at home. What's what's next? What's the next step? Fixing the microphones? And- yeah, no, waxing the floors. I, 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 I saw they could use a little work. I bet. Selena, let's start with you. Um, you know, this was uh, the first full weekend to digest all that's happened uh, on our planet, basically, and Canada's reaction to it. But we're eight days into this massive conflict, politics, um, military might, terrorism, between Israel and Hamas and what's now being described as a war. Oftentimes, we're just exhausted. Think about everything that's happened in the last five or six years. But this conflict is so important. Do we have energy for this conflict? And do we keep it sort of on the front pages in newscast and in our conversations with our with our smart friends like you? It is definitely something that needs to be kept on front burner, um, but you, you use the word that's actually quite correct here, and I want people to be very cautious of, is that we are consuming a lot of information and a lot of heaviness. And you know what, Greg, to, to your listeners and to yourself as well, um, I live with major depressive disorder. I know a lot of people uh, know that from my time as an MP. This is some heavy stuff that we're dealing with. I just, I just say, be careful of what you consume and mm-hmm. be careful of how we have these discussions. It is okay for uh, two truths to be, or multiple truths to be the to be held. If we have the respectful conversation that is necessary, we've we've seen many people over the last few years die from COVID nineteen, something that we could not control. Uh, this is something that I think if we put our hearts and minds together, we can have more positive, more humanitarian outcomes. So I would say just control what you're what you're consuming, but also have the important conversations um, because they're necessary to get to a, a space where people are are not left behind. And we have the humanitarian compassion that is required for the time. Ben, I saw a podcaster say over the weekend uh, and it really stuck with me. Don't process this kind of conflict minute by minute. Do it day by day because yeah. we're getting videos that are old, videos that are out of context. Yep things that stats that aren't aren't valid it really is take 12 hours of content give it some thought count to 10 count to longer than 10 and then and then and then you can have opinions on a lot of the stuff we're a a, a trigger reactions a big mistake for this stuff i I didn't i didn't hear that podcast but i sort of uh, naturally gravitated to that that position i think in the first few days of this things were happening so quickly that uh that twitter was my friend and by the way until somebody can tell me what it what a tweet is called on X, I'm going to still call it Twitter. Um, so, so, so yes, I was consuming it as it was coming in because that was the best vehicle by which to get that information minute by minute. But we're, I, 
I'm at least personally in a different phase where my emotions are still running high and mm -hmm. it's best for me. I think I can be a, the, um, I can be a, a better um, advocate for my position if I do consume it, process it, and then put it out there at a slower pace. Is there anything you found that you have overreacted to as opposed to no, underreacted No, no, no. It wasn't an overreaction. I just, I hit my limit. I realized, yeah. I realized how long, yeah. I, I, I realized how high I was willing to turn up the temperature. And I, I put a post out, which I stand by, and I, I won't repeat it. Mm -hmm. um, but I put a post out and I realized, okay, that's as, that's as hot as I'm willing to get. And, and I, and I don't think, I don't think this conversation needs me at that level. I think I need to turn it down because, um, next thing you know, people are going to go tit for tat and escalate with me. And, and, and I, this doesn't need people like myself who are, uh, on the uh, observers to be escalating anything. Yeah. Selena, the balancing act is so difficult. And I, I have empathy also for politicians who have the meat and potatoes work of getting legislation passed, getting things done, attempting to make our lives better. And they're all under this harsh spotlight. Say more about this. Weigh in. Take a side. And it's it's kind of it's beyond a lot of people's capabilities to to be an expert. It, it definitely is. And, and Ben is, is absolutely right. Like, I think. Most of us need to turn down the, the, the temperature and remember at the heart of what is happening here are human beings, are people who are hurting on both sides of this, uh, of this terrible atrocity. And um, again, we've, we've been through years of this. I think that we, we really need to be measured. We need to be very thoughtful in our responses. Um, because we are triggering some people that are going to be consuming this mm -hmm. on a minute by minute basis. And to those people who have the biggest megaphones in the country, to our politicians, to those who are in the positions of authority to have some way to, to control the narrative or to be balanced in their perspective of the narrative. I think there has to be a very measured response, a very real response, and one that maintains our humanity in anything that we say. And, and if I can add something, um, you know, we, had, we tried to have a conversation at the beginning of a conversation this weekend on Toronto this weekend. We have to remember, we, we've got to remember that um, long after this conflict is, is over, we're going to have to rebuild relationships with people that yep. we know, uh, yep. with whom we disagree vehemently. Um, I've got friends. Uh, I'm sure Selena's got friends. Greg, we all have friends. Uh, who who um, we discovered upon this that we just do not see this the same way. And we're going to have to make some decisions. Are we going to uh, abandon those relationships or are we going to try to rebuild them in some way? This is uh, this is this is this can tear relationships apart. And I think we have to ask ourselves, are we uh, setting ourselves up to completely walk away from those relationships if we keep escalating these conversations? Such keep an important humanity, point. Our humanity at the center. Definitely. Yeah. Um, speak, speaking of that, um, we'll we'll do one more uh, on this front and then move to some other huge issues. Ontario Place, I want to talk about this uh, scenario with Quebec universities. I'm sure all three of us have uh, an mm -hmm. opinion on this. Um, but this was from uh, one of the uh, demonstrations over the weekend in Mississauga. People may have heard this clip already. Just a warning. It, it you know, it could trigger some harsh reactions to it. That's for sure. Here's a woman talking about Hamas uh, getting interviewed by a journalist on Saturday afternoon in Mississauga. 
Hamas is not okay. a terrorist group. Okay, Hamas well, what, is not a terrorist group. It is a resistance that has been fuming for 75 years of colonialism, of occupation, of murder. Everything that they do is justified. Including what happened last week? Every single thing they have done is justified. Okay, so it's tough to listen to, but Ben, there's a fine line between a, a pro-Palestine demonstration an anti-Israel demonstration. Uh, there's a lot of blurring of the lines here between what's politics and where people end up feeling threatened. I know how Jewish people feel when they yeah. hear from the river to the sea. That's not just about a two-state solution or a one-state solution. That's the eradication of, yeah. of that religion. That's the eradication of the country of Israel. So it's a real... I, I don't even want to say it's a slippery slope because that's wrong times yeah. a thousand, but I don't know what we do about it. Well, look... Um uh, first of all, I think I do. I, yeah, I don't want I don't like hearing that. Um, I, I, and I don't know where I hadn't heard that before. And I don't know where that 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 showed up. I don't know where that uh, where that appeared. You know, when people say things that are so far out of the out of the realm of uh, of what is appropriate, you know, social media typically takes control. And I've seen this happen a bunch of times where somebody says something that they're not supposed to say. And next thing you know, we've identified that person and we've identified where they work and then pressure is put on their employer. I'm not I'm not advocating that. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you that's that's the script that this usually follows. Um, So do do I think that that woman represents um, what most people believe? No. Do I think it represents what what too many people believe? Yes. Um, So but. It's also it's one of those sensational things that the press typically goes to find, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's go find yeah. the angriest person out there. Um, I'm not I'm not justifying what's going on. I I, com- I completely disagree with 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 even the notion of 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 protesting anybody who's supporting um, Israel's right to uh, to defend itself. But that mm-hmm. I think they went to go find. You know that that's a that's um an, an example of if it bleeds, it leads. Selena, you know, so many people misuse the concept of freedom of speech and they they assume there can be no consequences you could potentially suffer for something you say that is so out there, so hateful, so discriminatory, so racist, homophobic, whatever. But but there has to be they can say what they like, and I don't think they should be thrown into jail, but they can be held accountable by businesses, organizations and people in their own lives. And, and while that's definitely true, I think that um, I think that there's a responsibility of uh, media. Just just going back to the last the last question or to the last response, to to not be continuing to put things out into the uh, into the atmosphere that we know is going to be so contentious. I think at this point we understand that we are boiling over with emotions. Yeah. It is unnecessary to be playing sort of those clips and then fueling that flame again when we we need to be a little bit more measured. We need to be a little bit more humanitarian. There are bigger things going on than somebody in the street's opinion that needs to be reiterated on the air. And I play the clip not to say, hey, listen to this. You won't believe it. It's more what are the, the actions we take here? What are the conversations we have? Do we even send cameras to these protests at Nathan Phillips Square or these rallies at Mel Lastman Square? Ben, I don't have the answer. I I just know that cameras are going to go there. We're going to go to where news yeah. is. And when thousands of people are gathered in the street for anything, people are going to take video of it, plain and simple. Yeah, no, it's it's true. But 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 again, I like that. That that's an exceptionally inflammatory, inaccurate, uneducated perspective. Yeah, um, and that's my and that's my perspective. Yeah, uh, and but we've seen it. Somebody. You know, we've seen um, we've seen we've seen it with um, 
with the, with the, with the Karens online, how many people have called the cops on an innocent black person and lost their job, right? Um, th- this is a woman advocating for a terrorist group. I don't know where she works, but seems seems fitting, seems completely congruous with the culture that we're living in now, that if she mm. did it on social media, somebody's going to find her and she'll probably lose her job. Let's switch to Ontario Place. Um, I don't understand this from uh, <laughs> Olivia Chow over the weekend. That's as, as uh, strong a segue as I can make out of that. But yeah, um, Olivia Chow tweeted this, uh, Salinas. Yesterday, we took action to protect the trees at Ontario Place. The province has agreed to the city's process, and I expect them to follow it. This is the big part here. I remain committed that Ontario Place must remain a public space for everyone to enjoy and not a private luxury spa. But I don't know where the city goes here. Like, it felt like this battle was over, didn't it? <laughs> I, I don't understand. I, I'm this battle. I, I, first of all, I don't think it's over. Um, I, I think Olivia Child is, is trying to uh, stay uh, relevant with this. I don't. I, I don't understand it. To be quite honest with you, I'm, I'm muddling my words here. Yeah. Um. But it did. It did seem like it was over, and then it's back. And I don't know what's happening with. Uh, with. with I feel like it's a tree hugging tweet. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea what's happening here with this. With this one, to be uh, honest with you. I think that the fact that this was said by Olivia makes me think she'd never been to Ontario Place, because <laughs> the the expression a, a public space accessible to all or whatever it is. Um, again, I've been, I've got great memories at Ontario place. It was never free. There's lots of parts where you had to pay to get in. You still do. You still do. Wait, you, well, I mean, it's derelict now. So now the last, the last front in this war is going to be the trees. Okay. All right. So this happens with, with homeowners all over the city who want to improve their backyard. And they're told you can't because you got a tree there. The tree doesn't pay taxes. I pay taxes. Now, I want that I appreciate that there are some old trees there and some of them are going to die. But you know what? We're going to plant new ones, probably more. And those are going to grow up to be old trees. But what we can't do is let this be- uh, this this great piece of real estate sit yeah. there, um, not not or not paying back to the city. This thing could be a boon to the economy. I've seen the images. I've seen what it looks like. It's going to be gorgeous. I've also seen how many parts of it are going to be free and accessible to all forever. So this yeah. this notion this notion that the that, that the, the trees are going to be the, the the it feels like this is the last the it's the surge right it's Olivia's surge in an attempt to to uh, to take take over uh, and, and beat this thing back into the sea. Yeah, it just feels it, it, I, again. It's a confusing scenario, but I, that seems to be the guess, Selena. Is this was something she met with Doug Ford a few weeks ago, and there had to be a little bit of a quid pro quo because there always is when a municipality goes to the province and says we need this. The province is going to ask for something back. That's just that's standard politics one hundred and one. Well, it is standard politics one hundred and one, but I, I I'm really confused about the. I'm confused about the tweet and the relevance of it to some to a project of this size, mm-hmm. to um, to to an, an economic and a a um, a situation where you you want to make sure that Torontonians have access to something. I, I'm just not sure what the tweet about the trees is about. There has to be a little bit more substance. If there is something more here that Olivia wants to say, let her say it out on Twitter or X. But. Mm. Uh, the, the trees on the little plot of land the trees that Toronto are has is—it doesn't make sense to me. All right, be- before we get to this, something a little better. Yeah, before we get to this university issue that I think we're all burning to talk about, new poll from 338 Canada this morning. 
it's a rough one for the governing liberals. The conservatives are forecast by 338 Canada to get 194 seats. We never thought we'd see anybody getting 40 percent again. They're just on the edge at 39.5. They'd gain 75 seats with 194. The liberals would lose 70 seats and fall to 90. The bloc stable at 32. The NDP would fall to 20 seats from the 25 they have now. Selena, you roared into government in 2015 with a really strong mandate for Justin Trudeau, almost 40 percent of the popular vote. Um, They went from 148 seats to 184, including yours. Are the are these numbers jumping out at you for any specific reason? Uh, this latest poll? No, not at all. <laughs> Which might be surprising um, because it's it's still early, and the conservatives I've said this before have had a propensity to snatch victory out of the sort of sorry snatch defeat out yeah. of the jaws of victory. And so we're still early. We've seen that, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau has managed to uh, still remain uh, in uh, government, uh, even without the popular vote. So, like, this is an early, it's early polling. Uh, it, it, if the conservatives want to maintain that momentum, they have to. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's too early. Right down at the end, that's where we, we if we still see these numbers, um, we may have a problem. Houston might have a problem inside of <laughs> Justin Trudeau's camp, but it's it's early, and uh, I just just let it play out because Teflon Trudeau manages to do something to 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 keep to keep his his victory to keep his seats. It's it's too early. It Ben Mulroney, yeah. anything here? You need 170 seats for a majority. Yeah. This poll projects them at 24 over. Of course, the Liberals are at a really low ebb right now. And Selena's right; things have changed before. Yeah. Well, look, there, there is no better retail politician living today than Justin Trudeau. Uh, he can he can campaign better than anybody. He can campaign better than everybody. Um, so that's that's his superpower. But we're not in an election campaign right now. And the fact that. Um, Jagmeet Singh got 81% support by the NDP at his leadership review over the weekend, uh, has put wind in his sails, and he is more committed than ever to getting uh, what he wants out of this liberal government, which is specifically a $30 billion a year pharmacare plan, um, which would make it a single payer system. So he wants that or Mm -hmm. he's going to pull his support and he's got the backing of his party for it. So you got to look at trend lines, right? And the trend is that this coalition – um, it, it's a, it's a de facto coalition, but right. it's a coalition. Supply and coffins, it but it's not, basically a coalition. It yeah. is not, um, it is not ringing as positively with people now as it was in the beginning or the poll numbers would reflect that. If this is going to continue, it's going to continue with the government sinking even more money, uh, into these projects that we don't have the money to afford, which plays into Pierre's uh, narrative. Yeah. So the trend that I'm seeing is these numbers continuing. Because that, that, that's what they're saying. They're, they're telegraphing their intentions. Uh, the, Trudeau wants to stay in power as long as possible. Jugmeet wants something out of this, which means the debt is going to balloon. That plays into Pierre Polyev's uh, narrative, which means th- this is going to continue. I think these numbers are going to get worse for Trudeau. Selena, do you see Singh pulling out of, out of the agreement before? The, there has to be a moment, right? Because the NDP has to have some element of independence about this. I get using the leverage at the given time. I think it was the right thing to do, but people have certainly criticized Singh for almost staying too long in the agreement after he got certain things for his, for his members. He stayed long. He got overwhelming support over the weekend. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think that this is going to change anytime soon, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think, and we've seen this happen before. We will ride, we will ride this wave. Show me these poll numbers closer to an election and then let's have a discussion. But right now they, the ability to turn this around from the Trudeau camp is certainly feasible. And the ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory is absolutely a trend that I've also seen with conservatives. Yeah. So show me something closer mm. to an election and let's have a discussion then. Mm. Let's get to these undergrad programs at Quebec universities. This came around dinner time Friday night, so it might be new to a lot of people listening, but Quebec universities will cost twice as much as they did this year for undergrads that don't reside in Quebec. Just to let people know, McGill is a good example for this year. 47.2% of McGill undergrads from Quebec, 22.4% the rest of Canada, counting Ontario, and there's 30% love. Americans uh, go to McGill, but there's 26,725 undergrads at McGill right now. Selena, when you hear this off uh, my lips and when you read the context of the story, I have to think a lot of Ontario parents will just say, well, that's not an option for, uh, for their son or daughter anymore. That's correct. And this is like, you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face. These students pay tuition. They they pay tuition. But they also pay rent. They do groceries. They get entertainment. The student money that like supports local economy. So it's not just about, you know, having preserving the French language and for in Quebec, they're expecting $110 million every year from students. The students have an option. I'm at Queen of Health Sciences, one of the most expensive uh, health science programs in the country. We know that students have options, so we are fandangling to try to recruit them and retain them. So, however, I do want to say that this might be a likely trend across the country where universities are really thinking about what they do with international students not students from different provinces. It's a difference with with Quebec. I don't understand what they're doing there. But it's likely to see a trend that happens with a lot of pressure to curb international students with lack of affordable housing, the quality of education, et cetera, et cetera. So I see this happening, but it just needs to think of smarter ways to go about uh, dealing with the international students uh, and a, a bigger look at the economic gains and losses of that as opposed to just deciding uh, writ large that you're just going to double the tuition. It's students have options not only in Canada, but around the world to go to university. I'm not sure that this is the right move by, by Quebec. And I'm sure that the universities involved are going to pay a hefty price for it. And I'm I'm not sure that they agree. Ben, does this almost feel like a isolationist policy by Quebec schools or or the Quebec government? No, this is the Quebec government. The schools are completely against it. They should Uh, say they're against it. This nonsense that uh, having people from uh, outside the province coming in and anglicizing the city of Montreal. Listen, come on. If France can maintain its its Frenchness in a sea of of other European um, um, uh, other other European languages, uh, Montreal is going to do just fine. This is this is this is I guess the Quebec version of virtue signaling to to its base. Uh, but the, like, look at 1981, um, uh, people believed that there should have put been a, a statue of René Lévesque at the top of Bay Street because without him. Um, all the money from Montreal would not have flown to Bay Street and t- Toronto would not have become the economic capital of the country. I see this as, in sort of a, s- a similar way. They are going to make sure that there is a brain drain or at least not a brain influx into Quebec. And 10 years from now, we'll see what the quality of education is like in Quebec. 
We'll, mm. we'll, we'll see what it's like. If, if you are preventing some of the best brains from outside of Quebec to enter Quebec, some of those people move, some of those people move there. Some of those people become big, big um, successes and they start their businesses in Quebec because they, they found a home there. They're not going to eat that. That story is not told. I think 10 years mm. from now, this, you'll look back at this decision and say, that was maybe not the best move. Selena, getting a text in from a listener to our conversation. Uh, my daughter has been a French immersion student her entire life. I've encouraged her to consider applying to McGill someday. Listening to you talk about it. I'm not sending her there if she's going to be discriminated against based on her place of birth. That's indefensible. That's a lot. That's thousands of dollars from that family that doesn't go to that province now. That's that's absolutely correct. And again, why would the French government decide? Sorry, the French, the Quebec government decide to do this if they know that not only the schools are benefiting from this tuition, but again, the local economies that that need that kind of boost. You are you are essentially saying that close to forty percent of the students that are that are at your university are going to find different options. You're telling them just find another option. Yeah. Clearly, it, clearly that's not that's not the best decision. Yeah. Hertz francophones from other provinces coming as well. There's plenty of people who have French as their first language, Ben. Yeah. And you're but punishing a francophone for wanting to come to Quebec yeah. to study. It makes no <laughs> sense. Uh, listen, we got a blast. Thank you so much for the time. A lot of heavy lifting on this segments today. But Selena, I greatly appreciate it. Ben, the same. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.